Shalom y bienvenidos a Vía Hafta Israel, una frase hebrea que significa amarás a Israel. Esperamos que se queden con nosotros, ya que nuestro maestro, el Dr. Baruch, nos compartirá una enseñanza expositiva de la Biblia. El Dr. Baruch es profesor titular del Instituto Sera Abraham, con sede en Israel. Aunque todos los cursos en el instituto se imparten en hebreo, el Dr. Baruch se complace en compartir esta enseñanza en inglés con doblaje al español. Para más información, visítenos en amarasaisrael.org o descargue nuestra aplicación móvil Mi Estudio Bíblico. Aquí está Baruch y la lección de hoy. No matter who you are, you have a rebellious spirit within you. And the root of that rebellious spirit is pride. And many times in the Bible, we see individuals displaying that And unfortunately, we see the disastrous consequences that such a spirit brings. What we're going to do today is look at one such man. And this man is the prophet Jonah. And God used him in spite of that rebellious spirit and taught him a lesson. The question is whether Jonah was going to respond in obedience or not. Well, with that said, take out your Bible and look with me to the prophecy of Jonah. Now, what we're going to do today, and we'll begin for the next month, we're going to go through this book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, so that we understand God's revelation to us through this man. Not just his words, but his life, his actions. So look with me, if you would, to verse 1. The book of Jonah, chapter 1, and verse 1. We read here, And it came about the word of the Lord to Jonah, the son of Amittai. Now, most of you who don't know Hebrew, you're not going to put a great emphasis on his father's name. But his father's name means the truthful one. And the reason why that's there is to tell us that we're not reading a, a myth. We're not reading about some legend or some allegory. We're speaking about the truth of a man's life. How God wanted to use him for his purposes in order to fulfill one of the purposes that God created the nation of Israel. In essence, we see that Jonah personifies the people of Israel. Now, before we go any further, one of the things I want to point out is that this book of Jonah is read each year in the synagogue. It's read during one of the most important days, the Feast of, of the Day of Atonement. And this Day of Atonement is about worship. And worship is not just praising God and singing songs and praying, but worship is, is conforming one's life to the purposes, to the plans of God. And one of the things we see is this. When we think that we can worship God how we want to, and why do I say that? Well, when you look at the book of, of Leviticus and chapter 16, you will find that entire 16th chapter is all about the Day of Atonement. And how does that chapter begin? Speaking about two other individuals who were very rebellious, who were prideful. Now, they were priests. They were the sons of Aaron. They came from a godly family. But here's their problem. They wanted to worship God when they wanted to worship God, how they wanted to worship God, and with what they wanted to worship God. And God said to them, you know, you can't come just any time you want and with what you want into the Holy of Holies. 
Only the high priest can do that one time of year. But Nadab and Abihu, these two rebellious, prideful men, they did it their way. And what was the result? The result was death. Now, Jonah is going to experience, and here's an important message. Jonah is going to experience that same outcome of rebelliousness and pride. Why do I say that? Well, look again at where we left off, verse 1. And the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, verse 2, Rise and go to Nineveh, or Nineveh in English. Now, the first thing I want to point out about this city, Nineveh, it's not in the land of Israel. It is in the Assyrian kingdom. And during the days of, of Jonah, these, these kingdom known as Assyria was Israel's chief enemy. So Jonah is being called to go to the enemy and speak. I want to ask you a question. Usually, when asked, what was Jonah's message? Most people say he was given a message of repentance. But let me point out to you, that's not the case. Nowhere in the scripture do we find that Jonah is called to preach repentance to the people of the, the Assyrian Empire, those who dwelt in Nineveh. He had a very different message, and we'll look closely at that in a few minutes. But once again, verse 2, Rise, go to Nineveh, this great city, and call unto it, because... Its evilness has come up before me. Now, Jonah knows God's nature, that God is a gracious God, that he's willing to forgive. And here's the problem. Jonah had a concern that, that God would, in fact, forgive the Ninevites, and he didn't want that. He wanted God's judgment, and we'll see this without any certain uncertainty in a moment. He wanted God's judgment to consume that people. So he was given this message, rise, go to Nineveh and preach to it the message because its evil has come up to me. And look what he did, verse 3. And Jonah fled to Tarshish. Now, Tarshish, you know, if you're in Israel and you want to go to Nineveh, you have to take a boat heading north. Same thing going to Tarshish. But when they came to that critical point, this boat would go to Tarsus, go to the west instead of the east. So Jonah was doing something. He was rebelling against the purposes of God. Once more, verse 3, And Jonah arose to flee to Tarsus from before the Lord. And that is a phrase that appears over and over in this book. He flees from before the Lord, that is, if this meant that he was going to have to obey God and do this assignment, he'd rather in that relationship with God. And let me just point out to you that oftentimes when we rebel against God, when we walk in the pride, when we think our way is better than God's way, what is happening? We're fleeing from his presence, his intimacy, his blessings, his guidance, his counsel, his power. And what's the end result? Well, we're going to see. Ultimately, that end result is death. So Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from before the Lord. And notice the next word in the biblical text. It says he went down. Now, why is that so important? Well, it's important because in the next few verses, what we're going to see is this, 
that, that Jonah is going down, down, and down. Even when he goes to sleep, it uses that same root that has to do with falling down into sleep. So the point is this. When we rebel against God, when we walk in pride, instead of, remember what Paul says? Paul speaks about service to God. Service, that's worship. It talks about conforming our life to the will of God, which is, as Paul says, an upward call. Jonah's not going upward, he's going down. And we read here in, in verse, verse 3, in the middle of that verse, and he goes down to Yafo, and he finds a ship, and that ship is coming in the direction of Tarsus, that's where it's set for, and he paid the fare. Now, this book is full of principles, and God gives principles, and we see the outcome of obedience, and he also gives principles where we see the outcome of disobedience. And learn this, this simple truth. When God's called you to do something, when, when God has given you an assignment, he will make available everything that you need to accomplish that. Meaning it's not going to cost you, God will provide. But when we disobey God, well, that's when it gets very expensive. So we don't see God's provision. We see that Jonah, he paid the fare and he went down into it. That's the second time that word down is mentioned. He went down into it, that is the boat, to, to flee with them. For what purpose? Well, to flee with them to Tarshish. And here it says, from before the Lord. Now, what we learn here in the fact that it says two times thus far, from before the Lord, Jonah really didn't value that relationship with God. It was more important that Jonah get his way rather than this intimate relationship that a prophet should have with God. Move on to verse 4. And the Lord casts. Now, God is going to be active in Jonah's situation. One of the things we're going to see in this book is that everyone and everything is going to obey God. God is going to speak. He is going to appoint. He is going to act. And everything obeys God except for one person, and that's Jonah. The Lord cast a great wind to the sea, and there became a storm, a great storm in the sea, so much so, it says, that the ship was considered to be, to be broken. That's how strong it was. And the rabbis point out that, that such a storm was not usual. I mean, it was not ever a situation where sailors would think that the storm would be so strong that the ship would be, be, be destroyed into pieces. Verse 5, and because of that, we find that the sailors, they feared and they cried out, each man to his God. And we see something else. And they cast their cargo that was in the ship into the sea in order to lighten the ship for them. So now we see something else. We see another important principle. I mean, these sailormen, they were businessmen. They had the responsibility of taking that cargo to Tarshish. And now because of Jonah's sin, Jonah's disobedience, what was happening? It was affecting them adversely. Here's the principle. Your sin just doesn't affect you. Your sin can have effect and usually will have effect on those around you. 
speaking about friends and family, work associates. And that's why it's so important when you have a business to have godly people working for you because their sin can affect your business. It can cause a loss, and that's exactly what we see. These men out of fear, these men out of concern for their life, they threw their cargo into the, the sea in order to lighten the ship. And where was Jonah? Well, don't miss it. Middle of verse 5. And Jonah went down into the sterns of that ship, and he lay down, and here it is. He went to sleep. Now, this is that same root. It has to do with going down, but there's an additional letter added to it, this word near Dom, and it's used in modern Hebrew for the medicine that one is given before surgery to put him to sleep. So the change in language here from the normal word for sleep means that Jonah, he is unable, in the same way that someone who is, is being prepared for surgery, he can't just wake up. That, that medicine causes him to, to be unconscious. And in that same way, Jonah's disobedience, Jonah's rebelliousness, all of that caused him to be unable at that time to perceive what God was up to. See, all of what God was doing was for Jonah in order to bring him to, to a right understanding of what the man of God is supposed to do. Well, look now to verse 6. We read here, And the captain approached him, that is Jonah, and said to him, What is with you, O sleeper? Now, why was Jonah the only one sleeping in the midst of this danger? Why was he oblivious to what was going on? Well, here's the, another principle. When we live in sin, when we walk in pride, when we're rooted in rebelliousness against God, it will make us unaware of what God is doing. We won't be perceiving things that even non-believers can see is a danger. So sin makes us unaware of the danger all around us. But when we walk in obedience, when we're led by the Spirit, God will give us an understanding. God will give us an ability to perceive His presence, His help, His assistance. But Jonah wasn't there. So this captain said, you know, what is with you, O sleeper, rise and call to your God. Now, it's almost humorous. Why? Because what's Jonah doing? The scripture says that Jonah, he has set out with a mission. That mission is to flee from the presence of the Lord. And what is this sailor telling him to do? The captain's saying, call out to your God. So Jonah is being called to, to heal that relationship, to speak to him, to listen to him. And then he says, this, this sailor, he says, perhaps God will, will do something for you. And that will be a blessing for us and we will not perish. Verse 7. And every man said to his neighbor, let's go and cast lots and we will know on account of who this evil has come upon us. Now, this word for evil is the second time that we see it. But in this context, they understand that, that this is something supernatural, that there's a reason that, that this is happening. This is just not normal. So they understand that, that something has taken place, a sin, that has caused God to respond in this way. Why do I say cause God? Even they are saying, let every man call upon his God, these idol worshipers, these sailors. 
So they began to cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. So God wanted every one of those sailors to understand that Jonah was the cause, that Jonah's rebellion was affecting them. Verse 8, and they said to him, tell us, please, you know, why is this? What is this evil? What is your, your service? That is, what is your profession? Where have you come from? What is your land? And, and what is your people? Now, those are important questions. They want to understand the identity of Jonah. And how is it that one person can bring such evil upon them? And notice Jonah's response. Now, Jonah here just basically said his, his standard answer. Why do I say that? He says to them, a Hebrew am I, and the Lord, the God of the heavens, I fear. Now, does he really fear God? Quite the contrary. This word for fear has to do with priority. So Jonah is saying, you know, I know the real God, and he uses that sacred name of God, this God that transcends all things, this God who is without limitations. All things are possible with him. Now, that's something that these sailormen, they had never heard because they had always worshipped idols who had some special domain. This was the idol of this purpose. And then if you had some other problem, you turned to some other idol. But this was the God who transcends all things. And he says, this God, I fear. Well, really? He's giving God the priority in his life? No. It was just kind of a rote response. This is how Jonah thought of himself. But even now, in the midst of rebellion, he didn't change that response, that answer. So he says, The Lord, the God of the heavens, I fear, whom has made the land and the, or excuse me, the sea and the land. And when the sailors heard this, it says, And the men feared a great fear. Now, what I like about this passage is this. Jonah is in rebelliousness. Jonah is not doing God's will. Quite the contrary. He wants nothing to do with God. He's fleeing from before the presence of the Lord. But yet, God is using him to testify, to witness, to make known the one true living God. And when they heard Jonah's conviction that he really knew such a God, look at verse 9. They says here, And the people feared a great fear, and they said to him, what have you done? For the men knew, actually in verse 10, for the men knew that from before the Lord, now stop for a moment. If they knew from before the Lord, well, we know that term, that yud hey vav hey, that sacred name of God, those four-letter name of God. We understand that. But these men, they didn't. They just heard that he was fleeing from someone. They didn't know the significance of that name, but now they did. And it says here that Jonah had told them from before the Lord, he had fled, verse 11. And they said to him, what shall we do that the sea might be silent for us? For the sea was continuing to be stormy, verse 12. And he said to them, lift me up. Now, this is important because this term, lift me up, has to do with that same idea of Messiah being lifted up. And what I want you to know is this. Throughout the prophets, we see different verses, 
that relate to the person and the work of Messiah. So Jonah says, if you want this, this evil to stop, if you want to be saved, you have to lift me up. In the same way, if we want to be saved from our sins, Messiah Yeshua, that is Jesus of Nazareth, had to be lifted up upon that tree. Look again, verse 12. And he says to them, lift me up and cast me into the sea, and the sea will be quiet for you. For I know that it's because of me, this great tempest, this great, great uh, uh, storm is upon you. So Jonah understands that. And Jonah also is prepared to die. Not for the service of God, but he wants to die in order to not serve God. Now, I want to share with you a very important truth. And we'll see this next week when we continue into chapter 2. What we're going to see is Jonah, not just expected to die, but we're going to see that Jonah did die when he went into that sea, into that belly of that great fish, because we'll find out that he went all the way down to Sheol. Sheol is the belly of the earth. Biblically speaking, whenever that term Sheol is used in the Hebrew Bible, it is a reference to the place for the dead. Now, why is that important? Well, remember what Yeshua said to some of the religious leaders of his time. They said, we'd like to, to see a sign that you might prove to us who you are. And what did Messiah say? He says, well, no sign will be given to you. Now, in actuality, if you look at the scripture, you will find that he did sign after sign after sign. But they weren't willing to receive it. So he says to them, no sign will be given to you except, and that's so important. He's going to give them a sign. He says, the sign of the prophet Jonah. For in the same way that Jonah was in the belly of the earth, three days and three nights, or the belly of the fish, three days and three nights, so too will the Son of Man be three days and three nights, where? In Sheol, the belly of the earth. And what happened after three days and three nights? Well, you know the story. Yeshua raised from the dead. And that's so important because we're going to see that same resurrection, and that's that sign that Messiah was speaking about. We're going to see that same resurrection power in the life of Jonah, and we'll see what it accomplishes in next lesson. Well, look on to verse 13. Here we find that, that these men were, were concerned. I mean, they didn't just want to take a human life. So what did they do? Verse 13 the men rolled in order to return the, the, the ship to dry land, but they were not able to. That is, they weren't able to save themselves. And, and consequently, no one is able to save themselves. So they were not able to do that because the sea was continuing to get worse and the storm was strong upon them. Verse 14, and they called to the Lord. Now, this is the first time that these idol worshipers, this is the first time that they ever called upon that name, that sacred name of God, that name that transcends all things. So here again, people ask, can God use this? Can God use me? Yes, he can. If he's able to use a rebellious Jonah in order to bring these men to revelation of the one true God, he can use you and he can use me. 
So each of these men, verse 14, they cried out to the Lord and they said, uh, please, O Lord, do not let us perish on account of this man's life. For it says here, we don't want you to charge us with uh, uh, unclean, meaning the, the killing of a blood, of, of innocent blood. For you are the Lord and you do what you like. Now, why is that statement there? Well, it's there to teach us a very important principle. And that is God is sovereign. And what they want to do, and these sailor men became so wise. Because they wanted to do according to what God's will is. And they wanted to participate in that. So they're saying, you know, we're doing, we don't do this in expectation of judgment. That we might perish because of innocent blood. We're doing this because your prophet told us to. We're doing this and understand that you are the Lord of lords. You do what you like. Verse, verse 15. And they lifted up Jonah and they cast him into the sea and immediately. Now that was a great revelation. That spoke a great message to them. It says, and the sea stood from its raging. And the men feared God, right? The men, verse 16. And the men feared a great fear to the Lord. Now, here's a very important principle. Up until this time, these individuals were afraid of what? They were afraid what was capturing their attention. All their thoughts were upon that storm. They were concerned about what? Death. But now because of revelation, because of Jonah's revelation of the one true God, the maker of heaven and earth, what happens? Well, look again. These men feared a great fear to the Lord. And what did that cause them to do? Well, it caused them to have a sacrificial spirit. The moment that they understood who God was, what did they do? They sacrificed. They sacrificed offerings unto the Lord and they made vow. They made a commitment. Now, I want you to see once again how everyone is obeying God. These men, these idol worshipers, they, in this book, because of the events, they came to faith in the Lord God of Israel. And that faith led them to, to sacrifice and to make a vow that is commitment. See, Jonah wasn't living out a commitment. And the question that we need to ask ourselves is this. Are we living out that commitment? Do we demonstrate the fear of the Lord? Do we have that sacrificial spirit? So these men did just that. They feared God with a great fear. That is, they gave God priority over their life. And they were concerned about uh, what other people might think. They were thinking about those, that cargo and what it might cost them. They put God first in their life. And that's the message of a true believer in the God of Israel. That's how a follower of Messiah Yeshua acts. They understand the true power of faith instead of the powerlessness of rebelliousness before God. So they paid their vows. And what took place? Well, we're going to see that a great happening took place to Jonah. Because Jonah, it says, did something. Jonah began to change in this situation. And oftentimes, God brings us into a difficult situation so we might change. 
well, my time is up. Until next week when we press on into this prophecy of Jonah. Esperamos que te hayas edificado con el mensaje de hoy y lo compartas con otros. Te invitamos a seguir nuestros estudios cada semana por este canal y por el portal de YouTube de Amarás a Israel. También puedes descargar nuestra aplicación móvil gratuita, Mi Estudio Bíblico. Finalmente, para obtener más información sobre nosotros, visita nuestra web amarasaisrael.org, donde encontrarás otras conferencias de Baruch en audio, video y texto. Hasta el próximo programa. Que el Señor te bendiga en Yeshua Hamashia, Jesús el Mesías, mientras caminas con Él. Shalom desde Israel. Thank you.